is welcome to the show <laughs> thank you very much i'm happy to be here jai, we haven't seen welcome. each other in a while so uh, yeah welcome we're welcoming jai kith did i say that right jai you did yes and uh former monk and your what was your monk name uh my monk name was mayuranada mayuranada and um so so jai we we served for I don't know how many years together, eight? I think so. Yeah, I think you were in maybe one or two years ahead of me. Okay. It's fuzzy. And roughly. Um, yeah, I think you took vows like a little bit before I just came in. Okay. And I remember and I think when... I stayed two years after, so... Okay, okay, so I remember when the first time you got in contact with me, I think you texted me or called me and said, I'm at the airport. <laughs> yes. Yep. You're the, you were the, you were the first one, first one I contacted. I'm like, Hey, what's up, bro? Uh, just, just left the monastery. I'm at the airport. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the airport. And, um, yeah. it's so funny because I, I, uh, I got flashbacks from when I was at the airport and you were, you were on the way out. When, let me let, before we go backwards in time and on this last point mm -hmm. since it's the most since it's fresh in your memory what did that feel like and and the gravity of the situation might be felt by others because they know my story uh the listeners but uh we're gonna cover a lot of uh jai's story i hope but um given that you're you were in this this confined situation for uh for those years what did that feel like uh, when you left? And I mean, immediately when you left, like outside in the parking lot type deal. Yeah, it, um, well, two things. One, I felt like, um, like I left a family. And two, um, the whole world was wide open to me. So on, from one, one point of view, um, a little bit of a loss because, um, you know, the brothers I've been with, I, I wouldn't see or communicate because you're not allowed to communicate with them anymore. Um, but a lot of excitement, a lot of um, looking forward to what life holds in the future. Um, did you shed some tears? I cried as I was getting out. No, I didn't cry. I was well-prepared. <laughs> Stoic. Stoic. Yeah, I was well-prepared. I had, I had, I was, it was a two, three month plan. In the ah, works. Okay. Yeah, sometimes I go back in my mind and I'm like, if I were to do it again, how would I do it? Yeah, right. if, if it happened suddenly, maybe, but, but, you know, I was, I knew it was going to happen. So I was prepared for it. Okay, let's now let's go backwards in, in Jai's story. So Jai, what, what's, what's your life been all about up to this point? Uh, you mean after leaving the monastery? No. No, let's go back to the beginning. Okay. Get comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so like pre pre monastery, you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of okay. what, what do we? Do I would say um, I was I was a normal kid. Um, 
did believed religion was a bunch of hocus pocus, um, that it was a relic of the past. Uh, science was, you know, where it was at. Um, I didn't think much about happiness. I just wanted to, um, to make it in the world, get status and money and all that good stuff. Now, do your, do, do some of your earliest strong memories come in when you were high school or middle school? Probably middle school. Oh, I, I had a really good childhood. Um, I remember were, a lot of my childhood. You were, you're you're an, you're an Italian. You come from a strong line yes. of Italians. Were were you born in America? Yes. Yeah, firstborn son of our family in America. And you speak, but you speak full Italian. Yeah, it was, my parents didn't really speak English. Uh, we spoke Italian. I learned English in like kindergarten, first grade. So I, I went to school not, not really knowing English. Wow. And, and I remember <laughs> in the monastery, I'd always ask you to say something in Italian because I thought it was so cool. <laughs> okay, and so... So I think, in my opinion, you've always been kind of a bright and bubbly person, like positive, oh, outgoing. And that's little Jai. Is that does that little Jai is speaking Italian and strong connection with your mom and dad? What, what about dad? Um, not really strong connection with dad. Uh, so my parents were always home. My mom was a stay at home mom. My dad, uh, owned his own business, but he would be in his office upstairs at home. So, um, parents were always home, really strong connection with mom. Um, dad kind of did his own thing. He would buy us stuff occasionally, but, uh, he wasn't around too much. So it was mainly, mainly mom. He was always home, but just not engaging, let's say. Yeah. And you have a sister? Yep, one sister. She's four years older than me. And where do, where where are you guys growing up now? We're in New York, upstate New, New York. York. Upstate New York. So little Jai is walking around upstate New York, speaking Italian, playing stickball in the corners, <laughs> and going to the city and getting in trouble with his friends on the weekend. Did you have did you have a lot of <laughs> friends growing up? Um, I had, uh, like one or two really good friends. We lived on a block that was like a cul-de-sac. So it was like a, it was like a loop. Um, and I had one best friend since like kindergarten, we would see each other, you know, hang out every day. Um, and then another friend kind of joined in. We were kind of like the three of us. Um, and we would ride motorcycles all the time. That was like our thing. Um, oh, so tell my me dad about bought my, my first motorcycle. Yeah, so we bought my first motorcycle when I was 12. Um, and we nice. each, all, all his friends got them. And we would, uh, we would ride the power lines. So there was like uh, interstate power lines. Uh, I don't know if, you've, if you know what I'm talking about. It's like the, the giant, yeah. um, maybe like eight stories tall sort of power line things. Well, so, they always but, have um, a road One of the things is that they... Yeah, so they maintain that road and um, we would... We would just ride the power lines and you could go as, you know, as far as you wanted. So, and uh, we'd occasionally get chased by trucks and helicopters because <laughs> we're not <laughs> supposed to be there. <laughs> but for the most part, uh, you know, they left us alone. <laughs> and I remember uh, motors. So motorcycle, the influence of that, that sport got, got stronger as you got older. 
Oh yeah. I wanted to be a professional racer. That was the only thing I wanted to do from when I was 12 to when I had the real bad accident where I realized that I couldn't do it anymore. Okay. So up to this point, I remember now too, um, your mechanical skills became next level. So you can build at this point, how old, how old are we? Jai is now. Um, I think 14 is when I rebuilt my first engine because okay. I started racing and, you know, with the two stroke engines, you had to rebuild them um, like once a month. So, and, you know, I'd have fun getting, you know, modifications and things. And you had to know how to maintain your bike um, if you didn't have a mechanic. <laughs> uh, so because during yeah, the taking race, apart engines, uh, you know. go down. like you're the, you're the pit crew during a race. Yep, exactly. You're your own pit crew. So you need you to know the ins and outs of, of how it all works and, and fix it if needed. Now, you're, uh, you're getting deep into it. You're building them and you're entering, uh, you're entering races. Oh yeah. Yep. 15. Every weekend I'd go to races. And it all mm -hmm. culminates. Yep. And then, um, any first place. Uh, yeah, occasionally. First, second, third, I got a whole, you know, room of trophies. Oh, okay. And and so we're now 14, 15. Did we go to 16? Oh, yeah. 16, 17, 18, um, 19. Oh, wow. Uh, I think at 19, I stopped. Okay. So you're 19 years old. Um, you could go to war at this point. Uh <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you you take a dive on the track. Yes. So crashes are inevitable. You know, it happens all the time. Um, but this one was pretty bad. Um, basically, my forearms snapped in half. So I had to get surgery, metal plates, and the recovery was pretty tough. Um, and with the metal plate in there, I, I, it just wasn't the same. It would always hurt. Uh, it wasn't as strong. Um, and the doctor's like, you're not going to have the strength that you used to. And were you, you, you were airborne? Highly competitive. You were airborne or, or you slid? No, no, I was airborne. So it was what's called a kicker on a jump. So um, it's like a sort of a bump on the lip of the jump that um, knocked my motorcycle one way and me the other. So I went flying through the air and landed on my arm. And the impact is there a rule? Is there a rule where if you're flying, you you got you should keep your arms tucked? Yeah, but so I got to happen so fast. And, I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> they have the same rule in jujitsu. Yeah, ideally you're supposed to you know tuck and roll, but yeah, <laughs> but a lot of the times you know you get thrown one way and you can't you can't avoid it right uh, so in this case um, i landed on my arm basically snapped my forearm in half and the impact on my shoulder um broke my collarbone jeez and what's what's going through your head because it's probably not pain um i was knocked unconscious when i hit oh uh then i woke up and i didn't realize what happened and so i got up and then just fell into an enormous amount of pain Oh, and then by that time, you know, the ambulances are there, um, you know, the medical crew. So, 
Was your was then your me, then they mom, give you some morphine and then then you're good. <laughs> was your mom or sister there? Uh, no. no, no, they weren't. Oh my goodness. Okay, so and what what about so that? Basically, ends the 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 career, the motorcycle dream. So what? We're mystics, right? Do you do you still consider yourself a mystic? I would think so. Yes, very yeah. much so. Right, and so okay, so let's talk about your perspective as it psychologically as a human then and your maturity level in terms of what's going on in your life were you angry were you depressed or were you um well i knew i knew it was a channel change uh i didn't sulk around too much you know i still found myself really young um i knew that it's highly it's like trying to get into the nba you know you try you love it you're good you try your best but you know that you know, it's highly competitive and chances are that you may not make it. So I always had that in the back of my mind, but I wanted to go for it because I loved it. Um, but basically came and accepted that I wasn't going to be a professional racer. And around that age, what did you think about life and death? Um, I was very science-based. I was a big Trekkie, oh, loved yeah. Star Trek. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't think too much of it, to be honest. Um, I, I thought all religion was a bunch of BS. Um, I believed like science. I thought that, you know, once you die, you don't, you just, that's it. You're done. It's finished. Wow. Wow. Um, and girl and, and girlfriend at the time, how did, what were relationships? Yeah, I had my first like? girlfriend at 15. Okay. Um, first girlfriend at 15. Uh, we stayed all together all through high school. Wow. Yeah, so till like 18, then, then we went our separate ways. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Amazing. Yeah, she was Italian too, and you know, the family was Italian, so it was kind of kind of a good match. <laughs> now what's funny is is um so as we go through your life, you know, you would think that, you know, I I know what you're going to say. And, and I do know some of it, right? <laughs> but in the monastery, what's, what's kind of the, what is the policy that a monk um, has to, you don't talk about your past. You don't talk about your past. It's a secret. You're kind of supposed to let well, it go. A, right? For, former life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel about that now? It's it's a second nature, isn't it? Like not to really cover a lot. Well, I think it's appropriate for the monastery, especially yeah. for what you're focusing on. It just gets in the way of what you're focusing on, basically. Um. So and you, you know you're you're not there to to make friendships and to get to know people. Um. So, you know, sharing your past if you want to make friends, that's good. <laughs> but, um, but you know you're you're there at the monastery to to um for realization so talking about the past and even friendships get in the way yeah so okay um accident happens and uh where does your life uh what direction does your life go there after that um then i, I decided to move to italy and live there for a little while oh um my my parents had an apartment so i had a place to stay um and i loved italy we'd go every year um all our family is there only my mom and my sister and my dad were here 
So when we'd go, it'd be a you know, big family reunion. What part uh, of Italy? There were a lot of fun. Uh, Milan, so Northern Italy. And, you know, they do a bunch of cool stuff all the time. We had, um, we had a little house um, in the mountains, in the Alps, um, which I love to go to. So in my, my um, I have two half sisters and one half brother in Italy on my dad's side. And um, uh, one of my half sisters' husbands owned, he was very wealthy and he owned um, like interior design and furniture stores throughout, um, throughout Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, from his father's, his father built it. So he and he inherited it. Um, and we, we do a lot of fun stuff. Uh, he had a, like a Porsche 911 turbo and we went to like Monte Carlo. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we just, we did a lot of fun stuff. So <laughs> we were, we were friends during that time. And, um, yeah, just, you know, before, I didn't know if I was going to go to college yet. So, but I just wanted to take a, a year, a year or two. Um, right. So you're, you Europe. were racing in high school. Um, so you were going to school and how did you do in school? Um, both good and horrible. I never did homework. Um, so basically like, um, things like physics and science, I absolutely loved. So I, I'd have like, you know, I'd get, I was like the best in class there, um, taking like college courses. And then I'd fail history and have to repeat it because I never did homework and I thought it was stupid. <laughs> so I was that kind of that kind of kid. <laughs> and then after school, it's it's off to off off to the races, as they say. Yeah. So, but um, I wanted to crack the mystery of the universe, basically, um, and so I loved physics and science. And so that's, um, I only went to college for one or two semesters, but wait a minute, majored in physics. There's a big shift there. Wait. So you, you started to, uh, philosophically change or you just wanted to get deeper into, um, uh, I got deeper into science. Um, I knew I kind of like, um, you know, I loved Star Trek and all that stuff growing up and, um, you know, trying to figure out what the universe is all about. That was always in the back of my mind. And so I thought physics was the way to do it. Science and, and physics. So you, you took a break. That's my dog barking. <laughs> What's your dog's name? Uh, Katie Perita, which means small Katie Perry. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. That's uh, you. You inherited the dog when you when you got married. Um, I'm getting married October sixth, so I'm not quite married yet. Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. But yeah, it's a uh, it's my fiance's of uh, family. Now, uh, okay, quick quick sidebar. Your 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 fiance is full full blooded uh, Mexican. Correct. And she speaks uh, two languages as well. Yeah, fluent in Spanish and English. Wow! You, so you have a you have a an, an English and Spanish and Italian. yeah, and I'm and I'm taking Spanish courses. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, that that makes sense. Yeah. And you're gonna pick up on that pretty well, I'm sure. Because yeah, it's Italian and, and Spanish are similar, so it's not too difficult to to learn. Wow! I've just now. Uh, 
realizing that and thinking about it. Yeah, we want our children to be trilingual. So. Yes, yes. Combine, combine everything. And, and the bilingual and more produce uh, more intelligent thinkers, right? Um, I would say yes. Um, I would say more creative thinking. Because especially as a kid, I had to do all the translating in English to my yeah. parents, Yeah. Uh, whether it's filling out a form for a lawyer or, um, you know, going to the grocery store. And I think constantly doing that, um, like exercises your, your mind to kind of think more creatively because because in translation, it's not like one plus one is two. It's like, okay, what they're saying is this. And I have to kind of get the gist of it and then translate into these words, you know? <laughs> fine, um, fine. So it takes some, takes some creative intelligence. Um, and I think just constantly doing that as a kid, um, I would say help, help me out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely an intelligent, uh, fellow. Um, <sighs> okay. So, You've taken a break from diving into the universe from school and you're in Italy. You're having a great time. I remember some of those uh, stories in the monastery. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was just there to have, to have fun. Yeah, know. yeah. Okay, so what, where, what happens next? Um, well, I decide um, it's time to go back to the US. Um, I love Italy, it's awesome, but I don't wanna live there permanently. Uh, America's, in my opinion, way better, especially if you want to, at the, at the time, I wanted to start a business and everything. So Okay, so let's pause um, right there real quick, because that, that's something that I think about a lot, not specifically with Italy, but with the world in itself and as a whole and, and being American. And we're at this time in, in, in kind of, well, we're always at a period where there's a conflict of interest between different generations. It, that never goes away and mm -hmm. people without traveling around the world they criticize the world in which they come from the country in which they're born in without ever going anywhere else or some people become nationalists and say america is the best country in the world without really ever going anywhere else either so it goes both ways um and then you have some people who do travel and say, no, America is, is the best or the opposite. They travel, but they say, um, well, America is great, but of these places, I'd rather live here, here, here. So you, so you, you started to get into the, the entrepreneurial kind of, uh, side of it. America is, is, uh, yeah, go ahead. Right. Well, my, my dad was always on, you know, the, he owned his own business always. So that's, um, I was starting from that framework. And I wanted personal freedom. So, um, you know, that's, but, that's the direction I went. But why, why, in, why is another country not, why does that value uh, hierarchy change from one country to another? It's way, yeah, it's way easier, at least in Italy, it's way easier to start your own business and do your own thing um, in the US than Italy. Um, like for example, even just hiring people um, there, if you hire someone, I mean, it's like a long-term relationship. If they fire, if you fire them, you have to give them six months uh, paid leave. Really? Yeah. Like it's uh, way more freedom in the U.S., way more ability to, to, to start your own business and be successful in the in, U.S. In, in Italy, um, do young in people... In Italy, they, they protect... Um, 
Go ahead. No, Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I uh, just want to say they protect uh, the employee more. Um, here in America, they protect the business owner more. Oh, and, and okay, in Italy, if you're so, going I mean, around, here, you can just get fired for no reason. And yeah. That's it. You know, you can't do anything. And then you just don't have a paycheck. Uh, there, you can't fire people for just because you want to cut back. Wow. You need a legitimate reason. And, and if you do, you know, you have to give them a whole six months paid and, um, and all sorts of stuff. Rokas, so, in, in the UK, any kind of similar, similarities? Lithuania, any kind of similarities? I'm not sure. Oh, because you, you are, have been an eternal student. Have you ever had a job, Rokas, anywhere? I've, or I've had an internship. I've had some temporary work, but I haven't been like fully employed full-time. So, Jai, Rokas is a student at, uh, in... Are you still in robotics or artificial yeah, intelligence? artificial intelligence and robotics. Final year. Yeah. Oh, awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so I know nothing about these things. And, and so in Italy, when you go, and one day I do want to go. Um, oh, and you and I have plans to go, Jai. That's right. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going. We're going. <laughs> specifically to Monte Carlo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I already made reservations for 2028. So, <laughs> so just for the the listeners' sake, we Jai and I are gonna probably fly in on our personal. <laughs> well, we'll just take one jet. We don't need two. <laughs> okay, so when you're walking around uh, town in somewhere in Italy, and you're at the coffee shops, or you're at the restaurants. Are, are the young people the majority of the the workforce in the um, beverage industries, the, the um, lighter industries? Not, not young. I would say, yeah. yeah, I would say um, no, a little bit older than the U.S. Oh, um, okay. Okay. See, you don't have to pay for college there. It's all covered. So everyone goes. Oh. Yeah. So it's and, and the culture is different. You stay home until you're married, basically. So it's not unusual to have 28, 30-year-olds at home with their parents. Right. The extended family culture. Yeah. So um, as soon as you get married, you then you move out. So um, no real need to work here. You know, as soon as you're 18, you leave. You got you to gotta make ends meet. So you get a job. But um, And it's not unusual to work while you study. Uh, there, it's it's college is paid for us and you basically live at home so what's why do i need to get a job wow wow very interesting so what's the yeah, consequence very, very different culture what's the consequence on the socioeconomic patterns um so is that a sort of socialist type a little bit more yeah yeah which has its pros and cons right so that that affects the taxpayers yeah. So even taxes, uh, you don't pay nearly as much. Um, it's all goes to like, for example, like gasoline, it's like $8 a gallon or something. Um, like it goes to taxing, like they, they, they get money from places where like, if you already have money, it, they collect it sort of thing. Um, is the, it's, it's, is the healthcare free? Uh, yes. Okay. 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 So it's, it's, uh, it's yeah, similar. In fact, my, my mother, my mother flew to Italy just to have some surgeries done. Okay. 
Okay, I've heard about people doing that to, in Cuba. Yeah, which here would be like you know ten thousand dollars bill in the mail. So. And she has a dual citizenship. Um. Uh, yes, as do I. Okay, so yeah, you have to have a you'd have to have a dual citizenship to benefit from. Cor- correct. Yes. Right. I believe so. I don't think it, like a tourist could. Right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Oh, I don't think I don't think they'd refuse service, but I'm not sure. Okay, that's. I hope that was fascinating for other people as it was for me. Let's go back. All right, time to leave. Time to leave Italy. Yep. And Raj, before we continue, I'd like yeah. to ask: Do you remember major points of maturity up until that time? Um, I would say I wasn't very mature at that time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had, um, what, what started everything was, um, a spiritual experience I had and it happened all in one big shot. So I, I would say I was relatively immature at that, at that point in my life. Okay. So then continue on rush until we reach. Yeah. Well, no, that's, that's good. Um, all right, and we're gonna to get to that the, the the epiphany, but and we're leading up to that because I know now we're getting into you were getting into Young Jai, uh, the financial manager. Correct. Yep. And okay. Into so a little bit of legal trouble. Let's let's dive in uh, for and paint a picture for the listeners. Sure. So I was always interested in the in the financial industry. Um, so. Uh, to make the long story short, um, you don't have to make it short. I didn't really know what I was. You don't have to make it short. <laughs> well, just not that, not just to get into to boring details. Um, basically, I didn't know what I was doing. So, as far as like regulations and everything, it was it was not. I was not doing things right, and um, basically got some investors, and I lost all their money. <laughs> now we're in America, including my own. We're, we're in New York? Mm-hmm. Yes. New York City or still upstate? Uh, no, still upstate. Do you like New York City? Uh, yeah, I do. Because uh, like you're a New Yorker at heart. I wouldn't go down, I, I wouldn't go down every weekend. Um, but, but you're I not rude. Like once every couple months. You're like a good, you're, you're not a New Yorker, but you're in New York. Uh, yeah, I, I can go into New Yorker mode. <laughs> so, <laughs> um as far as especially like uh you know the the short fast you know yeah. get her done type of the <laughs> attitude yeah i i can i can flow flow with that but all right so you're i don't you're, say you it's come, not my default you come no it's definitely not you you come back from living uh living living off high on the hog and enjoying life and you're like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make it out here and start driving uh, a Lamborghini. Yeah. Well, see, I got a touch. I got a touch of what wealth is yes. with um, my half sister's husband. Yeah. So, and you know, he, I went to, you know, I'd shadow him. Um, so, like, he did an interior design job of like a, a giant hotel in Switzerland. So, you know, we drive up. He'd just pretend that I was his business partner or something <laughs> um, for me to tag along. Um, and I, I just love that that love style, like the movers and shakers having business yeah. meetings, talking about high, high levels of money. Um, 
yep. and the lifestyle and um, even like taking care of employees that he did. Um, you know, I, I just wanted that. So I was, I was going to go for it. Well, are you like me where, where one of the best parts about wealth is taking care of other people? Um, that's a big part of it. Yeah. I just think that's so fulfilling. I don't know. I think about that a lot. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a big part of it for me. But also, I mean, Hey, life is fun. Life can be really fun. (laughs) Yeah. But also freedom. That's, that's a big portion for me. Yes. Yes. And, and you hear a lot of traders say that, um, money doesn't buy you happiness. It buys you freedom. That's a big, uh, that's a big, uh, financial, uh, Twitter, um, motto. Uh, if you follow that circle, that's something that you hear a lot about because you have people, um, another sidebar, right? So my financial circle is on Twitter and you have people who are making $50,000 a day and the philosophy comes into it a lot because people start to realize, well, what do I do with all this money? What's going on? How is this happening? Mm -hmm. It's, 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 it's an amazing thing to be a part of and to watch happen in real time. And so it's, I I do believe that money um, is a vehicle to happiness, but more so, like you said, freedom. Yeah. I think, um, you know, money uh, amplifies who you are. It shows you more of who you are and what you can do. Me, the more money I have, the more, the more generous towards others I am. So, you know, more money isn't going to necessarily make you happy, but if you're not making ends meet, then money will definitely make you happy in my opinion. You know, if you're making less than, I guess it depends on which part of the world, but if you're making less than 70,000 a year, you know, money's going to increase your happiness in my opinion. One of the biggest uh, financial, uh, I'm sorry, one of the biggest relationship downfalls, I guess, statistically is uh, financial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can totally see that. So that that's, that's something to think about. Um, that's not something to, to just kind of forget, in my opinion. Um, well, and someone who works in relationship therapy and counseling, it's, it, it mm-hmm. comes across quite a bit, actually. Okay, let's, let's keep going with with a sidebar over. And you have investors, you start, and, and when you have investors, you're starting to become responsible for other people. And, and, and now you're starting to build expectations and specifically yeah. where so I was, I know you're a, you're a currency trader at that point, right? Correct. And, um, what does that mean? I, I was just naive. Um, what does it mean to trade? So it's just a different market. It's just like trading stocks, but instead of, um, stocks or, you know, companies, uh, you trade, uh, currencies. So like the Euro versus the dollar, US dollar. Um, you buy Euro sell US dollars and vice versa. And there's fluctuations in price. And so if um, you buy low, sell high, um, buy low, sell high, you make money. And and this can be uh, hundreds of transactions a, a day, a minute. It depends on you know, your strategy, um, but it is the biggest, most liquid market. You know, it trades trillions of dollars a day. So, I mean, and most participants um, are not speculative in nature. Uh, most participants are, yeah, so in like the stock market, um, most participants are um, yeah. oh, okay. profit. So you're more, you're more in competition. 
you know. Um, I always like the the currency market because most participants are not there to make money. They're there to make transactions. Um, uh, you know, Toyota who has to um, sell 1,500 cars to a dealership in California, uh, their transactions are not there to make speculative gains on future prices. They just want to get a good price and make a transaction and then they sell their goods. Um, so a lot of the volume um, is not competitive, let's say, in my opinion. Um, so you can kind of get a piece of the action without... Um, Emotion. You know. Yeah, yeah, being, you know, it's just not as much competition and it's it's very liquid but it's a very very different type of market so um in some respects it's harder to to make money in okay and and this this market stood out to you and you thought um what, what were you thinking go ahead well um the worst thing that can happen to a trader in my opinion is having a string of successes because um, if I didn't have a string of successes, um, I wouldn't have had the confidence to grow. <laughs> and um, the reason I won wasn't because I was smart. It was just pure luck. Um, and it wasn't, I mean, if you buy an asset because um, your dog slept on the left side instead of the right side, maybe it'll work. But that doesn't mean that's the reason why the asset went up. Right. No, beginner's um, luck and is, this was sort of a so similar, real. I believe in. Beginner's yeah. So luck. I was, I was trading this mechanical system and I made 20% in a month and I was like, I cracked the code to the universe. I'm going to be a billionaire. <laughs> um, and so I just, uh, naive, immature kid, basically. Um, so I just started getting investors and making it grow and grow and grow. And then inevitably, uh, that system failed. And I lost everything. And it was failed because it wasn't based on skill. It was based on luck. Uh, basically luck. Um, maybe it was, it would have worked out, but I was over leveraging. Um, I thought I couldn't lose. Um, <laughs> so you, <laughs> were, you, were, if anyone, you were kind of betting the farm uh, every each and every time. And, and uh, basically I was, over, I was like, I can't lose this. The system is, is amazing. So, um, you know, I, I take way too much risk. And any mentors at the time, no one to kind of put the brakes on you, but just. No, no, no. I mean, I studied a lot of different people, but um, no mentor. I, I was just doing my own thing. There was, Twitter wasn't around at that moment. No, no, not really. Um, yeah, this and is so 2006. Uh, so. I think, I think Twitter is 2000. Uh, I think the iPhone just, the first iPhone just came out or something. Facebook was 2006. I think, or at least the, the, in 2006, yeah, Facebook re removed the university required uh, verification to, mm. to become a member. So that's when you had the rise of Facebook in 2006. Okay. So what were you, what were you buying? What were you, cause obviously, you know, you weren't saving them. Were you saving the money or, you, or, or were you? Uh, no, I was just lavishly spending. <laughs> Hence yep, the immaturity. Totally. Yep, a hundred percent. If I would have lost and not have won, um, I would have been in much better shape. But because I had a string of winners and I made amazing returns, um, I thought that 
it was because of the strategy of because of me and I got arrogant and then the inevitable happens and everything was lost. And of course the people were not very happy. (laughs) So yeah. And since I didn't have like proper regulation at the time, um, you weren't sure I got into a little legal trouble. And I'm sure uh, licensing and bonding is, is our terms in that field as well. Yeah, I was basically selling securities without a license. So, Right. Wow. Um, yeah, but at the time, it was an unregulated market. There was much more regulation now. Um, oh. The currency market was much, much, much more open. So what, what year is this? Yeah. We're, we're it must be, two, okay, so 2006 to 2007, 2008. Uh, 2006, this was, yeah, six or seven. And, and, and you avoided legal troubles or did you ever go in front of a judge? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, no, 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 it wasn't that bad. It was just like a civil fine. Um, and, and so sort of thing. what's going through your head about life now? Yeah. So that was the catalyst to spiritual awakening. So before that, um, I thought the only way to be happy is if you fulfilled your desires. Um, if you had the house, if you had the money, if you had the relationship, um, the status, then you could be happy. You can't be happy before getting those things. That's why I was at the time wanting to get those things. So I, so I could be happy. Um, so I was driving, um, in my car that was about to be repossessed. Um, what kind of car? And it was a BMW. Very um, twin turbo, three, 335i. Um, and it's tough to, to describe sort of spiritual and mystical experiences, but basically it felt like um, a vacuum sucked out all of my bad feelings and what was replaced with it was just unbelievable love and happiness. And when it happened, I started as I'm driving and I started laughing hysterically so (laughs) much. So I was getting so lightheaded. I had, I had to pull over and I don't know how long I was laughing for, but it was probably at least 20 minutes or more. Wow. Um, And from head to toe, I, it was just absolute, bliss. And I was shocked. I didn't know what was happening. It didn't make sense to me. I was like, nothing. I'm literally at the worst part of my life right now. Like nothing could go worse. And like, so that's when, um, the, the bondage of things of the world and happiness, you know, broke apart. I I realized happiness is completely different from desires and, and things of the world. So and you're an not amazing a, things started happening. Well, so you're not a, you're not a, at this point, you're not a philosophy student, nor do you have education in such matters. So, but what's happening is you're just, you're just going by what you feel, right? Or does God now, are you starting to think like, yep. well, no, well, just my, just my experience, my, just my personal experience. I wasn't thinking of God or anything. Right. Mainly it was just uh, feelings and, and happy, you know, that just, um, but, but amazing things started happening. It started becoming more lucky. Um, coincidences would um, 
happen more. Uh, I would like just meet the right person on something that I needed. Um, my relationship with my roommate at the time was pretty bad. Um, things like doing the dishes was kind of a thing of contention and all that smoothed over. I was an absolute, I didn't have one bad feeling for like a solid two, three weeks, two, three weeks. I was just in absolute heaven. So then synchronicities, it, you would say. Yeah. Things, crazy things started happening. So, um, so that's where it kind of related your interstate to what, what happens on the outside, because I had such a, such a radical shift to where I saw, you know, how life was one way. And then I, then I was living life another way. So I didn't know what was going on. So I started um, researching a little bit and um, like the teachings of the East, like uh, Ramana Maharishi, Nisargadatta Maharaj, um, what they were talking about and like the self and everything. I was like, Oh my God, I think this is what's, what's happening. Oh. Um, and that's how I, and then from then put that point on, I said, this is what I want to dedicate my life to. Wow. And that's, that's what I wanted to become a monk. This and that's is what, what I, I researched. want to dedicate my life to. Isn't yeah. that funny how it's just, you can't even explain that the dedication. It, it was so powerful. So it was, it was basically everything I've ever wanted ever. Um, was and materialistically, if someone would look at me, they'd be like, "You're in terrible shape." But now, what do you um, mean by that? What do you what, what do you mean by that? Oh, I was basically bankrupt. Um, I was going to lose the place I was going to rent. Uh, my car was going to be repossessed. Um, I wasn't in school. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> like objectively, stuff on the outside. It, it was you know, I'm, I'm in a bad spot. What did your, um, what did your, did your family know, or did you just kind of keep, keep it to yourself? And it was just a superficial. I didn't have words for it. It was such a deeply intimate experience. No, you're, you're a bad uh, analogy. You're rough. The, 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 the falling apart of everything. Did your mom? Oh, they knew. Yeah, they knew. They knew. Uh, they were like, poor mm. Jai. Uh, yeah, they were also like, you're kind of stupid. Because <laughs> uh-huh, okay. they're, they're Italian. So they're like, hey, idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we yell at each other with love. That's, oh, man. I'm still but, getting um, used to that. But yeah, they knew. They knew. I'm still getting used to Felina's uh, comes from a Sicilian uh, lineage. Ah, and- uh, yes. She gets mad over nothing. And I'm like, I'm like, calm down. She's like, I'm not. Well, I'm fine. But. But I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna hit you, <laughs> <laughs> man. That's powerful for me because I'm kind of reliving my own experience because they're, they're they're the exact same, but the details are different, right? I'm I'm going after money through construction, a controlling a construction company, which was also illegitimate, no licensing, no bonding, no insurance if if the job goes wrong, and. Uh, same thing. We got our heads got so big. We thought we could take on a, uh, any job. And eventually a big job came our way and we failed. And I'm stuck on, on a, a homeowner's property sitting on piles of asphalt that have dried. And, you know, you've, you, in other words, you've never seen dried asphalt that hasn't been steamrolled because it just it it ruins the the foundation of the home 
it, it needs to be broken up with machines, uh, earth movers, jackhammers. <laughs> and here we are. And, and I, and I dump five tons of asphalt on this guy's driveway and we don't have the proper equipment that day, but we're moving so fast. We didn't think about it because we thought we were the best. And I'm like, holy shit, uh, this is bad. And I'm, I can't even look the homeowner in the face. Um, you know, he's paid half of the job. And I'm like, this is, we, we messed up. Like we, we failed. This, the only way to fix this is to get a professional uh, company in now. And uh, I can't believe it, but the guy was like, that's all right. I understand. <laughs> this, you know, well, you lucked out on that one. Didn't pursue charges. Uh, and then there comes the, you know, the book Autobiography of Yogi. And, and uh, I decide, you know, to change my life. Uh, that was a, that that was uh, also in there. I don't think I included that in my story, but it's, it's, it's so funny. All right. So, all right. So that is cool. How those Eastern teachings are coming up. Um, and so where do we, how do you act on those things? What is, what's the next step and how did you know? Um, I went to, I went to visit monasteries. Ah. Um, I knew it was, I wasn't, tied to a particular religion, but I knew it was something of the East, um, non-dogmatic, um, sort of philosophies. Um, so I went, um, to many different monasteries and basically narrowed it down to two, the ours, the one in Hawaii, which is Hindu and another one, which is Zen Buddhist, um, in upstate New York. And these monasteries let you let, they let visitors come and, and live yeah, like the, a monk the Buddhist, or just you're a visitor? No, just a visitor. Um, so the one, uh, the Zen Buddhist one, that was open like Sundays for three hours where you can do Zazen or meditation with the monks. Um, and I did that. Um, and, you know, talk to the monks um, and saw the place. Did you like talking and, to monks? You, so you emulated monks and wanted to be one? yes how i mean how how do we well at this point at this point i was just i was just following like the energy flow of what happened to me yeah there there wasn't much thinking involved it's like there wasn't much planning involved it was um like no willpower it was um it was like a natural unfoldment of what was going on inside me and i knew i wanted to dedicate myself to this so um, Love that. from what I was reading, um, you know, that's just becoming a monk and, you know, diving deeper into it was, um, was the path. So, so yeah, I narrowed it down to these two and, um, I ended up, uh, choosing the one in Hawaii because, um, it was way richer and, and better in my opinion. Yeah. I think what, so by, well, I'd ask what you mean and also say, I mean, it just, it, I don't know if I, if I knew about, I didn't know about other monasteries cause I didn't even know I'd be in a monastery. I just wanted the jungle. But when I first saw mm-hmm. their website, I was like, this is legit. I just, <laughs> like this is, this is hard. This is hardcore. This is what they're doing. 
Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't know the culture. I didn't know anything about monasteries. Um, I'm just coming. From- I didn't even know Hinduism was a religion. yeah and 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 i'm just going off of autobiography of a yogi that's what that because that was my catalyst and he was yogananda is they had a monastery well they had an ashram him and his guru sri yukteswar and but that wasn't it wasn't the typical it wasn't Kauai's Hindu monastery that's for sure and so i'm thinking monasteries are like that like from the book from autobiography of a yogi and but yogananda travels his whole most of his life after becoming a monk and uh yeah kwaisenu monastery is uh it's a what is it it's like uh i mean it's like a military base for god seekers (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's pretty good (laughs) yeah Okay, so you did some research, uh, and before going, so talk me about, tell me about, and, and go over the like the moments and minutes of pressing the button where you have a ticket to Hawaii. Um, so this this monastery had a web presence. Uh, the website wasn't as nice as it is now. Uh, it was more like nineteen nineties rudimentary sort of website. Um, but I knew that, you know, I had to visit the place to see if I was going to live there for the rest of my life. <laughs> so um, I, I went and visited and instantly fell in love with the place, with um, the richness of uh, what we call the inner worlds, um, the people, the place. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to live in a tropical paradise? Um, and so since the opportunity was there, it's uh, that place called me much stronger than, than the Zen Buddhist place. Although I, I probably would have been happy there, but, um, but this was by far um, like my favorite monastery. And who, who you communicated with uh, one of the monks? Uh, yep, one of the elder monks. Um, uh, we had a meeting in the temple uh, and then he just you know asked me a bunch of questions and we talked about being a monk and he gave me the procedure of what it was. Um, and so um, I pursued that. It took me a little while. I would have been in there earlier, but I had like student loans and that had to be all paid off beforehand. And, um, oh, and my family. Yeah. Okay. I remember. Um, were you on task force for three months? You, you got I was it short. on. I was on task force for a month and a half. Yeah. So you're supposed to be six months. You're one of the guys. So, so the monks have new guys come in and they stay for six months, whatever. So I think I'm a monk at the time, right? No. When I first came to visit, you were begging by the wall. Okay. So I'm, 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 I'm trying to get monk vows. I'm close. Yeah. Close to monk vows. And when you, when you came on, well, you said, when was I, when you came on task force, I was begging by the wall. Uh, no, when I came to visit, you were begging by the wall. When I came on task force, you had just taken vows not too long ago, maybe like a few months or something. Okay. And so then, or with the time in between you came to visit and task force was, was long or I remember you coming for, for the six months task force, you cut it short. And then it was a long time until you came back. 
Yeah, it was a long time between cutting Task Force short and coming in permanently for Vows. So I think um, I told you this already. That so I I was like, this guy's not coming back. <laughs> I was, I do remember you saying that. Yeah, I remember working in the garden, and the the garden monks um, they got nothing better to do, so they gossip. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like you guys remember jai right like he, he ain't coming back he just cut it like his to six month service uh, uh, by five months he's like nah it wasn't for him was it he's a nice guy though <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because basically i was like oh that's all i need to know i want to stay here uh so uh you know let's get her done that is so i cut it short because there was um there was like a tax taxes i needed to pay for um and the monastery was like yeah well you can't pay your taxes so like you need to go and figure that out but the monastery did so went back and do something for you right yeah they paid off um my uh, a portion of my student loans man how do you like that that is uh, that was amazing. And, that I, was really and I remember being yeah. like, man, you know, I went back into the world for three months and I paid off my stuff. <laughs> no one's paying my stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, um, if I were to go back into the world, it would have taken three, four years for me to pay off the student loans. Yeah. And and the most it wasn't just like ten thousand dollars. It was a little bit more. than I'll that, tell so. you what, though, we got lucky. We came in. We were the last, so I call what we had as um, a school. So you you know that like school of 04, school of 05, school of 2010, you know, like a, a generational graduation uh, class. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. class, um, not school. I, I, I call our, our group um, a cla- the class of that, that period. Um, and we got lucky. Uh, because now, right after us, I think after Jayanatha, um, it's not so easy to get in, right? They got a little bit more strict. They got more strict. Um, yeah. So no one from our class made it except for Jayanatha. Correct. Well, I, I guess. Stayed there. Mm-hmm. I guess I came in with five guys you so maybe we you would call it one class later but yeah it was, it was close enough i guess because we were all considered the young monks yes for sure from where Whoa. i was and when you first came in all of a sudden there's no distinction and in fact you went a rank higher than me right Oh yeah, because um, because of I'm three months older than you, so my physical age. Yeah. Uh, so before we become, we uh, yeah, yeah. So we're all lumped in at one point because of age before um, monastic rank comes in. So I'm like, who is this guy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, okay, so. I got to break it down for the listeners here. Okay, so you're. Let's go backwards a little bit. You're now you're telling family that uh, where where are you at there? Yep. Where are they at? 
what's going on? So luckily, luckily my family is very supportive. Um, basically, you know, anything I want to do, they're like, all right, if this is your choice, um, you know, so be it, even though it's weird and we have no clue what this is. <laughs> um, so and yeah, looking back on it, you don't really um, know. You don't know either. What's that? Would you say looking back no. on it? I mean, we're, we're to me, the young monk is just as clueless as the parents. I mean, we know what we want, but did you know that knowing now what you know? Did you know back then? Uh, well, I didn't you know how it was going to be. Um, all I knew is that I knew that I wanted this this path to unfold. I didn't know where it was going to lead. Didn't really know what it was going to be. Um, but but I knew that if it was exploring the experience I had and deepening that and understanding that and, you know, um, studying that, um, then that's that's that was good. You know, that's what I wanted to do. And, um, yeah, so like you did it, you came back, you, you, so you went through the legal changes, you, you, oh, you couldn't change your name legally because you're, uh, no, I could, could. Uh, that was another monk. Oh, that was, that was Satyanada. Right. Cause he's from Brazil. So yeah, some countries don't allow name changes. Right, right, right. Okay. Keep going. You, you, you came back and, uh. Yeah, so my, my family moved from New York to Texas, so um, I helped them make the move. And then a couple months after the move, um, I was basically free. I had no ties, um, no debts, um, and I was able to uh, go to the monastery. I remember you saying to me um, early on, um, no assets. We didn't own assets. And I didn't understand what that mm-hmm. meant at the time. Actually, I think this would be cool to know. So Jai kind of, um, I don't know. I always looked up to you. Uh, I, I never knew as much as you. And I remember you teaching me so much and I'd be like, what do you mean? No assets. And you're like, well, we don't own anything. That's a big deal. And I was like, what? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I mean, now, of course, uh-huh. I understand, but, but I don't know if you, you must've, you must've realized that. Cause I'd ask you, I'd ask you stuff every time we saw each other every day. Oh yeah. It was a lot of fun. I, I liked it. Yeah. So we, we kind of, the, the younger yeah. monks kind of, I don't know. It, you're in your you you there's such a big age difference we all kind of stick together at, at, at yeah you can't really you know relating to someone who was born in the 50s yeah um is a little different than someone who's you know your age yeah um so and now you they 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 put you into the accounting department yes so um for those who don't know, um, this monastery was split up into different like work families. Um, some did like outdoors work. Um, some did, uh, what would you call it? Like creative work, like publishing magazines. Oh, the media um, department. I was more that. media department. Yeah, just media. Um, I was part of um, like administration and finance and IT. 
Yes. The quants. There you go. So um, there was an endowment that we um, helped manage um, all the monastery's finances, uh, you know, budgets, um, all sorts of stuff, and cows, just to, you know, <laughs> round out the, the workflow. Yeah, the, the, care the, the financial cows. department did have that kind of interesting split where um, the head monk of that department uh, managed the, the cow and the cow, the cows in the cow pasture, the milking cycles, and everyone in his department, uh, followed suit. And, um, so you milked, you milked cows, you've seen cows, uh, bo- um, bo- what are they called when they calf? Yeah. Well, I would, we actually went to tech, we actually went to Texas and, um, got uh, licensed on um, artificial insemination for breeding. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> so we, w- we would, yeah, I would breed breed cows for our small little dairy herd. And you're, um, like, you're flying high. Like, the, the wor- this is, this is like your, you're in your zone, right? Is that, is that what's going on? Oh, yeah, I was super happy. Um, um, tell me about it was actually like, even better than I oh, yeah. imagined. And then, and tell me about your reaction to, you know, the years going by, uh, what's that like? How did, you know, you're meditating. Um, are you, yeah, t- are time is an interesting Zen, thing. Cause tell me about becoming a Zen master. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm a Zen master. <laughs> But, um, so, but yeah, so the, the monastery is structured uh, in a way for routines. Um, and you know, you, you meditate every day. Um, you do all sorts of disciplines. You can also do self-disciplines, um, you know, on top of that. So, um, even if you don't do any of that, just following the routine, you know, you're in really good shape. So, um, we used a different calendar too. We used the lunar calendar. And since it was a tropical environment, I most of the time had no clue what year or day or month it even was. Um, you know, <laughs> um, so a lot of that is a blur. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the, to be honest, I, I don't even remember much. Like I can really tell you how many years this or this happened. Um, right. It, it does. Like just, I can tell you, like, I can tell you like an experience after, but, um, but yeah, it was yeah, all, you know, but I was, um, you were, no, I mean, I was just going to say one uh, of the things that sticks out over time is that we're, you're able to discern years by ceremony and festivals. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, when you change color robes, um, and festivals, that's, yeah. um, that's kind of a time marker. I mean, a lot of the time we went to town once and we're like, why is everything closed? And it ended up being like, um, I don't know, like Halloween or Christmas day or something, you know, we're just so out of touch <laughs> with, with what was going on. And, uh, a lot of the times too, with, with money, we'd be totally out of touch. Cause, um, oh, um man. you know, you have money in the monastery. So we like one time we went to, um, like Starbucks once and, um, we ordered something. We just walked away. Like we didn't even think that we had to pay. 
And the guy's like, uh, you need to pay. I'm like, oh yeah, we forgot about this whole money thing. <laughs> I would always joke that the two of us, two young monks in town, I, I, I always used to say, yeah. I bet people think we're high. <laughs> Or, um, luckily the island, the island knew about us more. And it was at a place where a lot of, um, um, like new age stuff and, you know, that sort of culture, um, there was a lot of more of that. Um, so I think we were accepted more there. If it was somewhere like Ohio, I think it would be even, even more. So, um, did you, did you, weird. did you want to, uh, attain enlightenment? Yes. And um, so you're on the path. Uh, you're on the path to enlightenment as this monk. You're wearing robes. And um, what were some of the notable things that were uh, both horrific and uh, joyous? Well, um, meditation was really uh, like the pillar, of, at least for me, of yeah. what, what we did. Um, so in the beginning years um you know there's lots of upheaval from what's in the 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 subconscious so um you know everything that's not resolved um it comes to the surface so you know i'd have a great meditation um you know tingling from head to toe and then that afternoon just um you know waves of of despair or anger or uh, you know, just overwhelm me. Um, and then, you know, you go back into meditation and it was a lot of up and downs. Um, and we also did some traveling. Um, and in the earlier years, I remember, um, a lot of the things that happened uh, that the people would do would affect me. And the later it got, um, I'd be less and less and less affected by what was going on. Um, but I think the biggest, uh, turning point for me was when, um, the, the bliss you'd get for meditation, I'd still have next time um, it was time to meditate. So um, and that took a long time, <laughs> probably six years or more. Um, and at that point, um, it was, it was like, it was smooth, more smooth sailing. There were, um, when I was on um, what's called a retreat where you close off um, from everything and you, you're kind of by yourself for two years. Um, I went through some, some rough stuff, um, you know, dark night of the soul type stuff. Um, but up until then, um, you know, it was pretty smooth sailing after, um, after kind of connecting one meditation to the next and like holding, holding um, like a good vibration between the two with that. You, you and I, sense. you and I had some rough, uh, mentors, uh, department heads, I would say. Yeah. Mine was, yes, I would say mine was a bit rough. Yeah. And you know, we weren't, so the, the five, the five departments, um, or, uh, families that, that Jai spoke about, um, have bosses they have leaders there's a there's a there's a general uh, in charge of the the platoon there and each one has a different number of monks some of them only have one one of them has one monk uh because the others left uh, and, and i think the media department had the most with uh six i think at the peak or seven and 
each department has a different vibe, right? Very much so. Um, and, and when you come in, um, before taking vows, you, you serve in each family. And it was basically like a completely different monastery <laughs> from yeah. one, That's so for me true. at least, uh, working no, you know, from one, one family so to, to the next. That's a really good way of putting it. I've never um, worded it that way, but it is so different, each one. And, and there's a, um, I, I think we've talked about this before. There, there was a, a rivalry between some of them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, um, there aren't any real quote unquote problems in the monastery as far as, um, you know, finances, life, basic needs, you know. Um, so a lot of, um, and everyone's going through their inner journey. So um, a lot of small things can blow up to be big things. Let's say. Gosh, I, I, do you ever so look mainly, on it now? You know, I'm sorry, what? Uh, no, it was ma- mainly like, um, you know, what this person said to me. Bickering, um, uh, <laughs> infighting. Um, yeah, you know, and... Um, and thing it's more subtle but when you feel it at that level it, it's 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 really powerful. especially if you know it's if you're everything. going through it's everything it's it's difficult to to um explain if you haven't been through it but you're basically emotionally living um six times faster than like than normal so you'll go yeah. th- on the inside through um like sadness and fear and and cycles of of experience um, in a week, what maybe it would take a year to go through uh, on the outside. And, and it's not that, it's not that, um, that if someone were filming it, it's not that you could see, you know, four to six times more trauma. It's, it's, it's happening on the inside. It's absolutely, you get affected by something and your world falls apart. But if someone were, yeah. were watching it from the outside, they would wonder what the hell was wrong with you. Also um, what, you know, what we would perceive as, um, you know, totally horrible. Um, some from the outside would be like, Oh, like it didn't seem like that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, and they would um, even say like, Oh, you were calm and patient and, you know, very collected while you personally thought you just lost your, lost your crap, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And especially um, when you mentioned the retreat um, and, and the, the dark night of the soul that we're talking about uh, non-scientific things. We're talking about mystical experiences that uh, are difficult to repeat in, on a large scale. It's, it's a very personal, it's, um, it's subjective extremely and and the way i describe the dark night of the soul is um just your flesh on the inside is on fire and you're um you're being peeled open yeah so um we all have portions of ourselves we keep hidden to ourselves um and when you do these these practices um that opens up and um, the floodgates flow up um, from this life and, and f- basically human generational stuff also, you know, not just what happened in, in your own life up to this point. 
um, the whole human condition. Um, you know, even things on a collective level. Um, it's just, yeah, it's it's really difficult to explain. Um, did you think that you would stay but, there forever? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Tell me about your, so by the time I left, I think you were, when you saw me leave, were you happy? Um, no, I wasn't happy. Um, I was kind of happy for you because I saw that, um, like, you would be happier. Um, it looked like I was hitting you know, the going, ground full sprint. I was like. Yeah, and I knew you were ready and I knew you, you know, you were gold. Um, so I was happy for you. But I was a little sad that you left. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I first day. So I left in it took two days, I think. And first day I was in a very I was like in the painful detachment, like you said, of, of losing a family. And I was balling and, and I was saying my goodbyes the second day. I was like, it's go time. It's time to turn it up and shake <laughs> up the world because I can move the world with, with my hands. And that's the kind of fire that we're taught. Um, and I'll never forget, you know, going into your department and, and uh, you know, of course. So your department had uh, one, two, three, four, five. It was five of you, right? Yep. Yeah. And I, and I came through the back and I talked to um, Kaivalyanatha Swami, um, who you spent more time with than I ever did, right? Oh, yeah. We, we spent a lot of time together. Yeah. So the, one of the, the oldest... He was one of the oldest, the, oldest monks. The oldest monk in the monastery. I spent some very special time with him while I was on my six-month uh, retreats and quiet periods, like every night you know, eating dinner together, talking about things. Uh, and then, you know, he had just amazing things to say and he was so sweet. So he had that spectrum of leaving. It's some of, and then you, your department head um, who uh, looked away from his computer while I was standing in front of him for a second and then looked back at his computer. And that was about the end of that after 12 years. Yeah, he, he's um, he was a, a rough, a rough individual. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I had a yeah. He didn't. Um, I think um, he was a bit rough, um, but he didn't know he was. He was just like quietly suffering in his own, you know, world. Um, I didn't really realize what what he was doing to people. Now. Um the the life is good part in in our years in the monastery they they lasted years and and that that i would never oh yeah um even up until i left for me at least yeah yeah i mean i and i have to agree right i mean what what broke me up inside was just there were aspects of the life but as a whole it was you know, it wasn't traumatic until the very end. It was just, you're, 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 you're realizing you're someone else. You want to be more. 
Is that right? What what's going on? And and um, go back. Well, though. You know, Don't go probably everyone's go. different. Yeah, tell me about your reason. difference. Um, so for years. me, um, I was in a two what's called a two year retreat. So for two whole years, um, no news. You're cut off from everything. You can't watch movies. No entertainment. Uh, like no internet. Um, and you have extra duties. Um, so I would from 9 p.m. to midnight and then sometimes from midnight to 3 a.m. Uh, be in the temple um, daily. Um, and so uh, during that time, that was probably one of my most difficult but also favorite times because um, it made the, the most progress, let's say. Um, as yeah. soon as I got off that, everything cooled down. I would, we'd go back up, um, upstairs to, um, you know, where we would watch TV for an hour or two at night. Um, and everything just felt very, um, uh, stagnant. Yeah. Um, that, that, um, the joy that I was getting from, from like growing, like stopped. And I, and I knew that I would never get that back there because um, yeah. that was the, the highest point of, um, of spiritual work, let's say. Uh, I knew that if I stayed there, like I'd be happy, but I, I would just drift yeah. like for the rest of my life. That's what I felt. Um, to me, it's like air then, conditioning versus humidity. That the humidity is the temple, the, the heat, the intensity of the what's going on. And then you leave the temple and you're kind of like, in a soft air conditioned cooled room and the heat goes away. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, um, so the air conditioning kicked back on, let's say. Um, and, and I wanted, I wanted more progress. And for me, the challenge um, would be um, going out, creating a life, um, you know, being in a relationship and um, uh, you're creating a business and eventually um, wanting, to, wanting to create a charitable organization. Uh, to me, that's way more challenging, especially like my own personality um, than, you know, staying a monk there at that point for the rest of my life. That would have been the easy way out for me. Um, and what I didn't like about it is... Um, if I, you know, lifetime vows were about to, to be offered to me. Um, so if, at first it's two years at a time and then it's lifetime vows. I, um, after you take that, you kind of go up in status, let's say. And that would, I didn't want that because I knew I would like fall into a trap of, of thinking I was higher than others. Oh, I just knew it would happen. Um, and I, I saw that a lot also, also other orders, other monks, you know, they, um, like the older you would get, you'd get status and you'd um, kind of lose touch a little bit with humility and realness, which um, I didn't want that at all. That would be a nightmare. So I'd rather, um, you know, give all that up and be a local person at a community, you know, helping out than, than having some false status. Um, so, and challenge, you know, for, for me wanting, um, wanting to create a business, you know, 
um, a relationship and family and, um, you know, creating a charitable organization. That's, that's fun and, and challenging spiritually for me. Yeah. I mean, amazing. And it's, it's, I really feel like we're the same person, just in two different bodies. Um, <laughs> and now is it, I think, and I think when we were monks, we, we confided in each other. Um, it, it, it was surprised. Was it surprising to you that sometimes maybe most of the time the monastery wasn't that monk-like or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, not everything's perfect. Um, and from my point of view, um, the monastery was a godsend. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And it was exactly what I needed for that period of time. But I think I personally felt like, um, like I graduated sort of sure. like um, I, there was nothing else there that would be like super challenging for me that, you know, I wanted. Do you ever look um, back? I mean, I mean, now that I think about it, right, I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, man, we you like life outside versus inside. It's like there's nothing uh, you would just. Yeah, uh, cake. I that? mean, from one aspect, like the, the, the not piece of cake, but the parts that we thought were challenging, the, the, the in harmony, the, 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 in, the communication, interpersonal communication that wasn't harmonious at the time, the fighting and everything, the, the, the hard feelings, the arguments, you, I look back and I'm like, man, uh, what were we fighting over? It was so silly. It's at times. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And oftentimes I say it's not, it's not the thing that we're fighting over. It's, it's us processing our own inner crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's an important and, perspective to remember, even on the outside, um, while things outside, we are much more in charge of our fate out here and uh, also our downfall if we're not careful. And so the conversations, the, the, the arguments we may have the in, in harmony, uh, is that a word? The, the disharmony, um, that, 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 that is important uh, more so now out here because we could potentially um, ruin a lot of things, but at the same yeah, time, in the mon- yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, in the monastery, you know, nothing would come out of it except for the argument oh. itself. Like you couldn't get fired. You, you're not, you know, <laughs> like, um, there was no yeah. consequences. So you could, you were, you were free to explore the deepest of anything. Um, yeah. Out in the world, if you do, um, you could get into trouble. So. Yet, yet in the world though, we still want that mystical perspective, right? That detachment, like this is a, Oh yeah. And I mean, um, uh, and so the, like holding over of the vibration from one meditation to another and having that, you know, um, like the higher vibration be constant. Um, you know, that, that's been held since I've, I've left. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm very much uh, there on, on, on the inside, like anytime I need to be. Um, yeah. Ironically, 
um, from one point of view, I never left because <laughs> um, um, like the core of what I found there is, is permanent in me. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, at the same time, I'm, I'm playing around with um, in a different environment. Yeah. Yeah. No, which to me is challenging. It's a powerful school. I mean, I've only been out um, less than a year and a half. Okay. You know, and literally when I left, uh, I had, they just, the clothes on my back, a thousand dollars and an iPhone. That's it. In the middle of coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> okay. So it's take, so you went through a two to three month process of, of mentally and you know, you're, you're on your way out and then you break that to, this is what, uh, so this is a year and a half ago. Um, 2020. No. So coincidentally, <laughs> I didn't say, I wasn't able to say goodbyes to all the monks. Um, oh. I just told, you know, the guru, the head, you know, we talked about it and we decided that he told everyone because a gigantic storm came through. Gigantic. Probably one of, one of the biggest ones. Wow. Um, and... Um, everyone was hiding away in their hut, basically, on a on a three day retreat. You're kidding um, me! And nobody was around. Yeah. Why? Well, huge know gigantic that. storm. So 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 much so that um, I was afraid, like I'd be stuck at the airport, like that they wouldn't take off. Um, oh. it, it was it was flooding on the roads. It was it was bad. Um, the o- only saw one older monk before I left. Um, Who? And that was it. Steven another song oh you told me about that that didn't go so well no he wasn't very happy that I left which is one of the another thing like another thing um that I didn't want to fall into you know I wanted I wanted things to not be about an organization I wanted to touch not be about so did you did you at one point look around right as a young man and and lose sight of all role models? Um, I'd say the people I did look up to, um, I didn't look up to anymore. Is that losing role model? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, I, I remember at one point I looked around and I was like, I don't want to be anyone here anymore. Yes, yes, exactly. That that is one of the things I saw. So one one of the other monks, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be. I don't want to stagnate. I don't want to just go flat and just you know live peacefully for the rest of my life. Um, I want, I want like more fire, more challenge, and more more growth. Wow, I can't believe you you. So I we were in a position, you know, and jumping out into into the world. Literally, with not, I didn't even have underwear. I had to go to Walmart and buy all clothes. <laughs> um, I don't. I, uh, I, I so I got a know, ride. Basically, from, starting from nothing. Yeah, I got a ride from a friend, the tattoo artist. Right, he came and picked me up, Jared. Oh, okay. And he had like, uh, I think I just had like, what some some white curta curta pants, and um, my black. Uh, like uh athletic uh shirt what is it called a uh like a in jujitsu you call it a rash guard compression shirt like an under armor yeah oh, an under oh, armor. Compression shirt. okay 
And I don't know, it's kind of weird. I, th- I think that's what I had. Did I have something else? Like, oh, uh, did I have the full on white shirt? I don't know. Yeah, you had full on white. Well, just when you came in before you left, you had the full on white shirt. And so he had, I think he like switched the shirt with me. I was like, hey, man, this looks kind of weird. Like, and he, and he took off his shirt and he's like, here you go. Here's like a normal shirt. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> It was a very sweet going away. He took me out to like brunch or something like that. And we had drinks and. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So you took, you took the, a, a cab. I took a cab. Yep. To the airport. So before, um, so before us, they were, they were personally, the monks would personally drive someone to the airport. Is that right? Uh, yes. Well, yeah, that, that would happen. Sometimes they take a cab depending on the schedule. Um, you know, if it's on a retreat, uh, yeah, they didn't want, you know, our days off. To or a know. church member. Yeah, or a church member. Yeah. So you didn't even but the say storm, goodbye The storm was so bad. Department. The storm was so bad. No, I didn't. I wrote, I wrote him an email, oh but as far as the... Uh, this is like, to me, this is... And... People, and listeners probably won't understand, but... <laughs> and it was... Um, quite sudden um like it's sometimes when a certain monks leave like they do something stupid and they're like okay this guy's on his way out um but you know i was the like a model monastic like everything was fine and then boom just you know without warning i leave yeah i think i emailed bodhinatha and i said i'm i'm gonna i'm not gonna be a monk anymore and he gave me the two he gave me two days because there was a i think it was a retreat yeah and so son he's like we okay we need to have a meeting on monday our monday in the monastery which is called Mm -hmm. sun one and then i think i was gone sun two yeah so from from star star two to sun two yeah, it wasn't as much of a, sh- a shock when you left because you, you know you hung around for a few days. You know, we all got to. I I think I, I tried to say goodbye to everyone almost twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you had some monks who didn't want to look at me. Some people didn't want to look at me. Yeah, which for me it's like, you know, grow up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we're all on our on our path. You know, wish him well. Like, what what's what's the problem? That's that's one of the things I didn't like. You know, if it's something that's too organizational, that's I think one of the issues with religion. That's why I identify as like a spiritual but not religious. Um, and you get into weird territories when it becomes like organization and us and not us and and that stuff. Gosh, I'll never. To forget. me, we're all we're all. So, one family you know so i got a chance yeah i got a chance to spend more time with nundi than i think you because he was in my class like from the mm-hmm. go he was there before right. me if you were three months ahead of me and uh, okay. gosh something would happen you know him and hard nada like we're on the same beam right most of the time and uh because they were in the same department same family mm-hmm and he would always be like, hey, remember? So something with dumb would happen, right? Some argument or some weird rivalry thing. And he'd be like, hey, guys, remember like that? Uh, remember those uh, uh, vows we took and that were monks and everything? <laughs> yeah, it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget. It really is. That's why there's vow renewals, um, you know, and all these ceremonies. It's, um, you know, when, when upheaval occurs, um, you know, the contents of of your own unconscious come up uh 
your, your mind forgets almost everything. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you're right though. The, the experience was, was, I, it's hard to, it's hard to eloquently explain and express how powerful of a, of a decade it was, how, how unique and, and no other organization probably exists yes. like it. I agree. Training yeah. that we get. Not only is monastery sort of rare, but this one was, I would say, unique, a unique monastery. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause I get asked all the time, you know, you know, oh, is that what monasteries are like? And I'm like, no, that was not, it was different. It was different. Um, so, uh, wow. I did not know you, you didn't, you only talked to, and then it was this, it was a bitter kind of, you know, he was, he was, uh, he was bitter and rough. Yeah, he wasn't happy. Man. Yeah. And you uh, you go to, you get a plane ticket to Texas? Texas, yep. At my sister's place. And also, coincidentally, my family, after I left, went to Texas as well, which is, I guess that's where you go <laughs> when your son becomes a monk. <laughs> If, if your son becomes a monk or a soldier, you go to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, thousand bucks an iPhone and clothes and uh, got a plane ticket. Yeah. And of course, I had to quarantine because it was right when COVID hit. And and yeah, what are you? Not um, the best time to to leave. Um. So what are what are the monks thinking about the pandemic at this time when they're already in their um, own world? I don't know. Probably not too much of a difference. Um, uh, when time when I left, you know, we had the the, the we closed to the public. Um, that's about it. Probably more quiet. Um, it was was uh, was everyone worried that the the mini mela closed the store the on, on yeah you know store? income would go down um, but yeah you know yeah. that we had we're fine it's I mean they were fine they're fine <laughs> yeah they're not gonna stay and uh, so you're out in the world and you're you adjust to the world after that long being away during a pandemic it was during the, during, it was a little weird yeah it was, it was a little that's amazing. Um, a little weird. Yeah, I mean, starting with nothing during a pandemic, not ideal. But um, but really, um, so, you know, we, you know, I'm used to living on a, sleeping on the floor um, with bare necessities. And it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, so I was really amazed at how easy it is to get what you need and how low cost it all is. Like, um you know, even with nothing during a pandemic, I, you know, being able to get a job to pay for just, you know, basic needs and live totally fine is, is not, wasn't, wasn't a big deal. Yes. It, um, it makes you realize, well, it made me realize that um, when you look at homeless populations, uh, the, the biggest problem I think is actually uh, mental health in mental. Yes, disability. absolutely. It's not, I agree. Uh, it's not a society lacking in, 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 and job resources it's people who don't I mean, cannot work on the same plane um and also like um you know what what things would cost like it amazed me a little bit uh, you know i probably live in a place where things cost lower 
but especially from Hawaii and, you know, even living on low income, the problem is, is if you want over your means, if you want like all the latest stuff and, you know, I got, I got this, I got to have that. And then, you know, that, then you get into problems, but just meeting your basic needs was, was, that was a surprise to me. I thought it'd be more of a struggle. I mean, I did not, I thought it would take me three years before I would own my own home. And I did it in, in a year, less than a year. So let's, let's cover, let's cover that. You're, you, you're since, since leaving, um, just go ahead, go, go into the person uh, you are now physically and, 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 and spiritually and, and how's all that, how's all that going? Yeah. So, um, um, my ultimate goal is to um, uh, gain wealth and create a charitable organization. Um, and um, right now, I'm in, I would say I'm at the startup stage um, on the business. Um, but an interesting thing, you know, basically building a life from scratch. So it was a lot of fun because, you know, um, you think, okay, what's important to me? What's not, you know, uh, one of the questions I asked myself was, do I want to pursue money first and then love in a relationship or if I want to pursue a relationship first and then, then money. Um, and I imagine myself, okay, I'm a millionaire and I'm searching for like a meaningful relationship or, um, I have a meaningful relationship and I'm working towards, you know, building wealth and I chose relationship first. And so, um, you know, I met my fiance. Um, we're going to get married October 6th. Um, couldn't be a better partnership. Um, and I'm super excited to see, you know, what our life is going to be in the future um, and what we're going to create. Um, you know, the job I have now, I'm, I enjoy it. Um, and, you know, things are only looking up. Um, I'm really just, just like having fun. Um, and it's all challenging to me. You know, this doesn't come natural. I'm, I'm much more introverted normally. Um, my default is just hang back and do nothing and observe. Um, so getting in, you know, doing things, um, you know, creating things, that's um, a pleasant challenge for me. And especially a relationship, you know, as a monk, you're totally by yourself. <laughs> um, I would say, uh, at least for me at this moment, um, more growth in a relationship than not. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Um, what about that? That philosophy more like the, um, yeah. So in a relationship for me, um, you know, getting poked at areas, um, that you are unconscious of, um, would not be poked if you were in a relationship. If you're by yourself, you can just, you won't even see it. Yeah. Or, um, Is, yeah. you know, you can blissfully ignore it. And, and exactly like you said earlier and your thoughts towards leaving and being in a, in a relationship. Um, and, and that is more difficult and it's, it's helping you progress even more because you have to, um, you have to harmoniously kind of blend with someone and be different, like appreciate the differences. Right. But in the monastery, yes, we lived with 20 people, other people, but, but, um, not, it wasn't intimate. No, yeah. no. And, and, you know, even like you said, friendships were, were frowned upon and right. 
Um, so that's a different kind yeah, of the philosophy thing. was um, a monk. A monk is friendly with everyone, but friends with no one. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't make for much growth, does it? Um, I would say it doesn't make for much growth in certain areas. Um, also depends on the person. Um, you know, some for someone that could be the most difficult thing. Um, for me, it's not. Uh, for me, the opposite is true. So, um, yeah, and I couldn't be happier <laughs> um, with the relationship I have now, and you know, building because. Um, you know, one of the nice things starting from scratch is you get to, to build it yourself how you want it, you know? So. Yeah, we really were, uh, uh, when you leave that kind of thing, you're a blank canvas. Um, yeah. And you're not attached to certain things and a lot of things that get you tripped up or would have in the past um, because of what, you know, we lived in the monastery, um, you know, it doesn't. A lot of attachments and, and things right. are gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Rokas, do you any any insights? Uh, I'm just wondering, what did you think of Rosh while at the monastery? Think how did you see? Uh, it? Uh, oh my I, goodness! I wanted. Um, he was one of my favorite monks. So like, um, like the charm, the funniness, uh, the uh, emotional intelligence he had with people. Um, uh, like was something something I admired and always had had fun in exchanges with you. I don't I don't think we ever really got maybe once, but real small. Um, yeah, ever really I got into I, it, yeah, right? I, we had so many inside jokes and and yeah, like we, we had so on, much we fun. Trying, um, we're trying to live in another. I don't know. I, I, it's we like, were in another know, little a brother, a, a friend, uh, a spirit brother, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you took a little bit keep, different approach. You, you yeah. took a bit more of a warrior approach um, to to spirituality. Um, yeah, but but we were we were in the we were like in the we tried to create a um, sort of an intergalactic experience. <laughs> <laughs> we had a we had a lot of fun. Let's, let's put it that way. A lot of a lot of imagination, imaginative things. Um, yeah. And, and when, I, when we um when we do hand off so uh, someone had to be in the temple 24 7 <laughs> so you had to do three hours each monk had did three hours and the younger monks uh, or when you're putting you're put through a retreat where you're challenged uh, you do the the late night hours from like nine to midnight or midnight to 3 a.m and, and there's nobody there so when, when we would switch over we like pretended the whole place was a spaceship <laughs> and uh ah! the, the the fan the fans on the ceiling were propellers <laughs> i totally <laughs> forgot about that uh no it was just it was a lot of like fun. i docked was, and then you were fun. getting ready for for takeoff yeah when, when you left like i was i was like uh like you know a, a good friends leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and so also we you know what I was saying earlier about you teaching me stuff. You you gave me an understanding of the universe, like the physical universe that I did not understand. Yeah, you know, I yeah, well, I studied physics. You, you studied know, so physics. That was one of my passions, and I understudied everything. And and I was, you could say, I had the I had the brain when I went in. I had the smarts, the the book smarts of like a twelve year old, maybe. 
Like I, I was so undereducated and uninformed, you know, um, it was, it was, it was pretty obvious. And I say that not with remorse, but, but just that's what it is, what it is. You should go to school. Like you should pay attention in school and learn about basic things. So I remember you giving me a basic understanding of the Milky Way galaxy. And I was like, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and 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 for for normal people who listened and like went to school, you'd be like, wait, what's going on? And I'm saying I didn't understand the basics of where we were in the galaxy. And and as a as a as a multi-planetary existence. And multi-galactic and and stars and all of that stuff out there. Um, I was if 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 someone taught me that I didn't, I was not there. If if they covered that in school, I it, those were days that I weren't there, and or I wasn't paying attention because from a young age I turned off school, and I told myself these people are the enemy. I'm not paying attention. And so uh, I was, cause I was such a troublemaker from such a young age and, um, and J- Jai, you know, like you said, had studied so much of these areas. It, you for years made, you know, expanded my, my physical world. And um, man, I had so much fun with that in my imagination and in my meditations and in my thoughts and and communications with other people at that point, it was like Nundi helping me with death and the, the, the sort of stoic nature of death. It was, it was stepping into a world where I was, I was um, elevating my consciousness even more because I would be go from, you know, one level of maturity to another. So uh, I'm, I'm so grateful. Oh, that, that's great that. to hear. That's, that's great to hear. And I, I had a lot of fun, fun on every interaction with you. So. And I still think about it. I, I still have this image that you showed me once of, because for you, you know, you, like you, you had so much uh, excitement talking about it. And, uh, and, and you showed me this image of the, uh, of, of just kind of the scale of where we are. Um, oh, that's right. I think it was um, like it was the image of like the super clusters. Yes. And like the tiny little dot was our whole galaxy. Yes. And I still look yeah. at that today and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> from, from one perspective, everything is so uh, small. And I think that's where like Neil deGrasse uh, Tyson comes in. And I think that his philosophy uh, and then um, a little bit of Carl Jung, and then um, what's that other philosopher, mystic, astrophysicist? God, super famous guy uh, that is quoted uh, up and down like philosophy, social media. Oh man, he's always on my my Instagram feed. Anyway. Um, I think these guys really live uh, a special life because they place their perspectives out of this world. And you know what I mean by that? Oh, oh for sure. So our, our, our body minds, like our animal minds are 
not meant to or not weren't designed or evolved to deal with uh, trillions and trillions of numbers <laughs> you know we have uh, maybe a tribe of 150 at the most and that that's about it you know it doesn't it's not it, it didn't grow or was designed for that scale of of understanding so when you bring it out there i mean almost everyone you know it uh it brings you out of that of your animal mind let's say yeah it, or, i mean it continues to mystify me to the point where um sometimes i'm like I'm in a conversation with someone. And like everything is way bigger than the biggest thing your mind can come up with. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you realize I'm talking to someone and I'm like, you realize nothing matters, right? Like from one perspective, <laughs> uh, it doesn't even, uh, what you're saying is, is ridiculous. Yeah, so yeah. So, at least for me, that's where like, um, you know, physics and science uh, merged with, um, you know, philosophy and spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was, yeah, that was beautiful. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically it in a nutshell. Yeah. And, uh, how, how are you now with like, you're in Texas, you're in, you're near Austin. Mm -hmm. And yes. so what do you eat? Uh, my diet changed a little bit. Um, mainly, from vegetarian to almost vegetarian, just um, mainly for social reasons, um, it would cause more friction um, for those, especially in Texas. Um, you know, for those those I was with, I, I personally find it not a big deal um, to eat meat um, if it uh, makes the social interaction more harmonious. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I, I never became a vegetarian in the monastery to, to because of nonviolence. I, I uh, mm -hmm. I've never I've never really thought too much about it except for cows. Yeah, I would say if I was completely by myself, I would probably, uh, you know, I would I would be vegetarian. Um, I think fish for me is I like I mean I'm, yeah fish I'm down with fish. Um, so yeah so my diet changed a little bit especially in Texas you know people bond with barbecues it's it's like it's like a, a social bonding. Yeah. So, you know, refusing that is, you know, <laughs> is, um, can be pretty upsetting. Kind of like, you know, spit in someone's face sort of thing. How, wow. How is, I'm not, I haven't spent much time in Texas. Um, how is, uh, so the pandemic is, it's different everywhere still in, in Southern California you wouldn't even know it existed in texas where are we and and masks and mandates and um no masks are recommended um a lot of medical places have masks uh, but we're, we're pretty liberal um i think the area that i'm in is pretty low as far as uh, cases so and so how do you have friends now and, and where's where are you there um I mean, yes, I do. Um, not too many near here, uh, more online. Um, some people, uh, I got into the um, personality studies. I went pretty deep into that and made some friends there, uh, mainly like Facebook groups, um, um, met, you know, some friends and mm -hmm. 
I'm not familiar. Um, as far as like uh, physical everyday contact uh, where I work, you know, acquaintances and, um, you know, I've been focusing a lot with um, family and uh, my fiance. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you, how do you, how do you look at normal um, everyday interactions or, or versus where your mind has the capacity to go? And, and, and can you relate on, on a, on a, can, can you kind of lower your, your, yes, I can, re- I can relate. Um, but I've, uh, been working on this, but I've been accused of, um, being too silent. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I've, I've been working on that trying to, you know, verbally relate as much. Yeah, it's tough. Um, like I consider myself a social person. Um, but, uh, I don't know. People don't stick to me as well. They're, they're like, they start talking about something like sports or something. And I'm like, well, that's kind of not my thing. And um, <laughs> you're not in that social group anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I, but um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit harder to, you know, vibe with someone um, if you're not on the same level or if you, if you had radically different experiences. Uh, yeah. Most people have not done yogic practices for a decade. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, at the same time, it gives you more of an ability to be, you know, more compassionate and understanding and supportive. Yeah. So. yeah. Shumka Shumrush. But, uh, but yeah, overall, it's, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> overall, though, it's been, um, yeah, hey, you it's, remember it's, been, that. it's been really, really great. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think that was a. I think there's a shum kashum there. Maybe there's room for another another episode about something uh, more specific. But I mean, um, man, that was Jai. I'm really uh, grateful for you spending so much time with us. I heard stuff that I, I have no problem for, and, and I love hearing things and conversing about things that expand my. Uh, understanding of, of reality and um do you do you, well just last one last question and then we'll sign off do you consider yourself a teacher or assumed and and one day or maybe one day to be larger influencer teacher mentor like maybe, what, where are you um, going to take the, all this information other than entrepreneurial practices um well i'm i don't naturally gravitate towards teaching um i'd rather be if there is teaching i'd rather it be um like uh as a part of uh everyday interaction instead of a like teacher student role that's just me personally um i've never really gravitated towards that um so but um with my eventual dream of creating a charitable organization, I would say there's probably teaching of um, a teaching there of like, based on what we do, you know, um, yeah. but not so much the traditional teacher um, student thing. I, I, I prefer to be a perpetual student <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Being a teacher is exhausting and I'm fading away from that thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned more about consolidating on family and, and personal wealth and then expanding 
using that to expand the nonprofit and teaching in small circles, small but dedicated circles. Um, yeah, I mean, me personally, I'd rather have, and some people are, have a different, um, you know, um, uh, proclivity to um, more structured teaching. But to me, I'd rather just be part of um, normal everyday interaction um, of, you know, being totally unassuming sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that those are the special; those are the most special moments too. I mean, one-on-one -on -one with someone in a dedicated fashion is is wonderful when they have an insight and you change them. But um, those those uh, those everyday social interactions, you know, the simple things uh, can be the most profound, and just changing someone's day by interacting with them in the way that we interact with people. And Kashi is the same way in San Francisco. Um, just it's, it's interesting too. Um, yeah. The people's are more receptive to when, um, at least to me, <laughs> when it's, um, when it's that way, instead of it being more structured, because yeah. as soon as there's like a teacher student dynamic, then like mind barriers come up. There's more of a, of a, of a filter there's more questioning more you know yeah. um which is good for more intellectual studies i think um yeah but but for you know, spiritual things i would i would um i would say the opposite is true at least for me but then not to discount um structured spiritual because um that is something that i personally benefited from it has its place but just so just to conclude <laughs> um i it just i just not naturally um unfolding in that um that path let's say yeah um, yeah i i would like it more to be the byproduct of what i do yeah so yep yep no i i, I love it okay well thanks everyone uh thank you to the listeners and um guys let's let's sign off and and we'll talk again soon thank you joe it was nice all to right meet thanks you. guys it's been awesome thank you for your time yeah you as well <laughs>